Hello, friends, and welcome to To The Point, the home services podcast that focuses on marketing and operational solutions to help you get better. Because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Now, let's cut through the bullshit and get to the point. Hey, everybody, it's Cristiano, your host of To The Point Home Services Podcast, along with my co-host, Mr. Tall Paul Redmond. What's up, brother? Chris, it is always a pleasure to be in the studio with you. How are you, my friend? You always ask how I'm doing. How are you doing? Hey, man, I'm good. You know what? I heard something uh, this morning, and uh, actually, I can't remember if I heard it or read it. Regardless, I'm going to bring it up to you. Um, on the way into work, gosh, I hope I heard it and not read it now that I think about that since I was driving, is a uh, somebody talking about you get getting lucky with business, you know, when that they're unlucky this year because of COVID or, you know, or whatever. I just, I forget what the, the topic was and it made me think back. So I used to wrestle. Okay. In uh, high school and one Oh three. I listen, yeah. I was like, lightweight. I was like, yes, you could say that the lightest. I was like a hundred pounds my senior year. Um, a little bitty guy. Uh, now I'm huge at like a solid one fifty. Um, okay. I'm like one sixty. Um, but I got a really good piece of advice from my wrestling coach, probably one of the best mentors of, of my entire life, uh, I would say, is Jamie Wolver. Shout out to him. He d- still has a flip phone. He would never even know this exists because he doesn't own a computer. Um, but he gave me a good piece of advice. And uh, and I believe it. It's that I believe that when people say they get lucky, it, it almost is like a little frustrating for me to hear. Like, I believe there can be, like if you're in Vegas, maybe you're getting lucky. But um, he said to me, Luck is when preparation meets opportunity. And I was like, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. And I'm like, wait a second. So you mean if I just continue to prepare myself for all these situations, when the opportunity comes up, I'll be able to take advantage of it because I prepared for it, right? I'm so smart, coach. That one little piece of advice has carried me all the way through my life. It's just one thing I've hung on to is luck is when preparation meets opportunity. You hear that, listeners? So don't blame somebody else, man. If you're getting lucky, take advantage. If somebody else gets lucky, it's because they took advantage by being well prepared. Fair enough, Paul. Man, you are you are coming out insightful today. Did you do some meditation or have some mindfulness today? No, but I'm eating um, a lot of these little sour gummy worms, and uh, <laughs> and I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night. Okay, let's get after it. We have a guest who, oh man, she's so cool. We like her. We've been trying to get her on here for seems like forever. Um, and we only started to sing in what, January, Paul? Yeah, January. And we're almost, what, 50 Dude, episodes in? We are nearing 50 episodes in. And I'm excited for our guest to be on here today, especially because she also, like ourselves, has a heart for the trades and a heart for giving back. And that is something we're going to address in this campaign. And listeners, we always talk about, we always, are always having different kind of guests on here, uh, giving you tips on, uh, Good Lord, I hope Michael Gerber didn't you listen to that. Giving knowledge and wisdom on Thank how you. you can, uh, you know, move your business forward. Different tactical takeaways with boxes you can check that advance you forward. Um, let's not forget that doing good is also good business, okay? Doing good is also good business. You know, if, uh, if you are lucky, air quotes, enough to uh, be an entrepreneur and a successful entrepreneur or entrepreneur at all, you also are blessed enough to give back. So let's not forget that. So our guest today um, has worked, you could say, for a couple of large organizations. Is that fair, Paul? 
I'd say so. And it's unusual. Like we not, we don't always know our guests prior to getting to spend time with them in the studio. And I thought I knew Stephanie, but when I read through kind of her story and her bio and her history, I realized that I really don't know her as well as I thought I did. Um, so I'm excited to jump into it, but I wanted to share a story about the first time I met Stephanie to kind of set the stage for who we've got on Let's do it. the podcast today. Okay. Does I'm listening. Work? I'm listening. So it might not have been the first time, but it was in Las Vegas. All good stories start with it happened in Las Vegas. We were at a, uh, an industry trade show for our mutual employer at the time. So we worked together and I was sitting down at breakfast and these meetings are like five, six. I think this is one of those ones that was like a Sunday through Sunday. It was a long one. And we we're sitting at breakfast and Stephanie comes up and she introduces herself and she said, how are you? How are you doing? And I was like, oh, you know, things are going well. And I started rattling off, you know, some, some figures and some things going on with my business. And she goes, no, 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 no. Like, how are you personally? And I was like, stunned for a moment. Like, I don't know if anyone's ever really asked me that before. Um, so it, that kind of set the stage for me, um, kind of uh, acknowledging that Stephanie's a different type of leader. And I hope that we can, uh, you know, peel some of those uh, layers of the onion back today as we get to know her a little bit more. So sorry, back to you, Chris. That was very thoughtful, Paul. Jeez. Um, well, let's do it. Let's go ahead and jump into it. Now, what I'm going to do is just share a little bit of uh, Stephanie's background. Um, so you spent 10, almost 11 years uh, at Fossil. Is that right? Is that what it was? 10? That is correct. My goodness. And so your official title when you left there was, I want to, I want to make sure you get this right, Director of uh, the Global Category Manager for Mark Jacobs Watch, right? You got it. That's a mouthful. Did you have to say that? You're like, hey, I'm the director. Of, is that what all the things you had to say? You got it. Director of Global Category Management for Mark Jacobs. Jeez. And they fit that on one business card. Okay. So I know I've bought one of those watches during your era there for my wife because they were popular. Thank you. Thank you. My, the stock price appreciated that. <laughs> and then moving on to where you've been or where you are now for uh, five, just over five years, right? I believe. And now the director of marketing at Linux International, which is where our paths cross. I'm so glad it has because I know you're amazing for the company. Your brand knowledge is phenomenal and your heart is good. Everybody welcome Stephanie Bond. I'm going to bring it. <laughs> you're going to bring it. What I want you to do is share with our listeners a little bit more information, your, uh, a little bit more information about yourself, and then how you made this segue from Fossil to Linux. Like, give us a little bit of uh, the listeners, a little bit of how you got into, uh, you know, kind of a little bit, maybe a little bit more in depth on some of the things you've accomplished. Because I think I read somewhere too that um, with the Field of Love program, which I know we're going to talk a little bit more about, received the 2019 AMA, which is uh, American Marketing Association, right? Um, marketer of the year and the corporate social responsibility marketing. Like that was huge because the program has been wildly successful and it's awesome. I love seeing it. Um, but you also, now you went to East, uh, East Carolina university, right? I was a pirate a pirate. And so if I read this correctly, you received the 40 under 40 leadership award. Is that, was that from ECU? That was from ECU. Yeah. For yeah. all the accomplishments professionally, but also personally. Love it. And one thing that I know you've been involved in is this Seeds of Africa. And Seeds of Africa is a nonprofit that's dedicated to educating and nurturing children and their families by providing education, community development programs, and all kinds of awesome stuff that you've been involved in. So, man, look at you, just doing good. Doing good. And I can't wait to share today about how 
doing good, like you said, is good for business. So Dang let's right. dive in. Chris, do you want to, I mean, you really want to hear the history. I'll go back from how in the world did I go from fashion to HVAC? Done. Let's yes. go. Let's go. Yeah. So I spent uh, over 15 years in the fashion industry and moved to Texas to work for Fossil Group, which is headquartered here, and had a series of roles all through the organization, kind of switching gears almost every three years. But primarily, I was the global category manager um, for multiple brands. So I would launch the Adidas watch line, and I did say Adidas. Not Adidas. Not Adidas. Interesting. <laughs> and then I uh, went from Adidas to Diesel, so Italian brand, and was had the luxury and privilege to be able to travel uh, to Europe and represent that brand, which is where I fell in love with Italy. Um, and then from there was the global brand manager for Fossil Watches, which was a very large, as you can imagine, sure. distribution um, all through Europe and Asia. I donated and, plenty of money to Fossil yes, Watches. Thank you for that. Uh, and then after that, Burberry. So I worked in the luxury market and was going to London to, to work on the Burberry brand. And then after that, Mark by Mark. So everything from fast fashion to the luxury market. And my role was really unique. Um, I call it Fossil University because I learned how to launch products from ideation all the way through to identifying the white space, right? What, what consumer, what market, what distribution are we going to go after? To then manufacturing, so where to load products and work with factoring, pricing, how do we value engineer a watch all the way down to the hand and the dial and the crystal that's on your watch. And uh, then all the way through distribution, you know, demand planning and how to purchase that product, how to market it, what's the story we're going to tell. There's a lot of things you can say about a watch. Who knew? <laughs> and then uh, after that, I was 11 years in, loved being in the fashion industry, had really learned a broad knowledge of how to launch products and decided I wanted to work in a space that really truly mattered. Where were we hopefully changing lives? And um, I took six months off and did a lot of soul searching, met with a ton of mentors and Lennox Industries came knocking on my door and I listened. So I made the jump from fashion to HVAC and five years later, here I am. So what was that transition like as you went from like, obviously high touch retail into manufacturing, but still kind of retail, but not like storefront retail, although there are stores that you were responsible for, like, what were some of those things you learned early in the process or things that uh, your, your eyes were open to? I think one of the critical things I learned about cross-pollination is so much of what you build in your foundation of knowledge and how markets work, even though industries are quite different, how we consume products can somewhat be similar. You know, as, as, a, as a homeowner today, I need the product to solve a problem. If you think back to the watch, it was functional. I need you to help me to either complete an outfit, you know, and I know 
Paul, you may have an arm party going on, right? With your watch and some bracelets. I don't know, but <laughs> product all has a, all has a purpose. And so what I learned was really how transferable knowledge and experience can be right. and focus on your strengths and what you bring to the organization. Um, that was really fun to discover. But there was also there's a, a really big shift, obviously, in just how Lennox worked versus fossil work. So culturally, there were some changes to work through. Um, but I would I would just say overall more transferred over to Linux than maybe I anticipated. Right. Was there ever a moment where you were like, oh my gosh, I went from fashion to the air conditioning industry? <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> So it's so does it, interesting. Does it still like, happen? I came from I came from outside of HVAC, and now I'm I'm in it, and and I'll be in it for a very long time. And I know there's hesitation around hiring people without industry experience. And you came in with all of this wonderful experience, and probably had to learn so much on the air conditioning side. But I think it's a you're a good testament to encouraging people to hire um, for the characteristics you can't teach, right? Without a doubt, fine you know, hire, hire for talent, hire for, for the, um, the potential. Oftentimes you can teach the skill. So you're, a, you're a different type of leader in the boardroom for a publicly held company. That's primarily male, not, not necessarily, I'll say industry, not company, primarily male dominated from distributors to other manufacturers and so on. How would you describe yourself? I've described you a little bit, but how would you describe yourself? Ooh, in which context as a leader are you talking about for yeah, you know, as the whole person, the Ooh. leader in the boardroom, as a human, how does Stephanie Bond describe herself? Well, first, human, I would say, look, we we should all be showing up every day as our authentic self, right? So I try to be who I am in the boardroom or in the in the meeting room, as the same person as I am at home. So I would say that, in general, I would describe myself as a change agent, a positive change agent. I love growing and stretching and learning. You maybe would call that a, a forever student or seeking to always learn. Um, and I think the biggest thing for me is I'm always trying to find ways to be more effective or efficient. Um, and so with that comes the challenge of should, should or could we be doing something different? Um, so like I said, in, in the office, I've, I'm all, always challenging myself or the team or the organization of what else could or should we be doing. And at home, I'm always wondering how I should tweak that recipe. <laughs> Do you, so when you made this transition over, um, do you still find even today, five years later, that you're pulling things, like because change happens slow, uh, to say the least, <laughs> change happens really slow sometimes in corporate America, but are you still pulling things over from that and implementing them even five years later? Without a doubt. Um, I think the critical thing was there was so much low hanging fruit when I came in and made that transition to, to Linux. So maybe to frame up what were, what had, you know, what have I been up to the, for the past five years? Um, I came into Linux first uh, as head of store marketing. So Lennox stores, you know, at the time we only had 150 locations. We have roughly around 230 now, uh, give or take a few. And so I was first uh, oversaw the rebranding of Lennox stores. When I came in, 
they were called Linux Parts Plus, and that didn't really necessarily make sense to me. So bringing that consumer marketing knowledge in and saying, hey, we should really embrace our, our brand heritage. That's really important. So that was the first 18-ish months. Uh, then secondarily, I, I moved into the consumer side of things. And uh, myself and the leadership team, we take her, tackled really how we talk about our products and our brand and relaunched Air's Life, Make It Perfect. Um, and, a, and a broader campaign that would really connect emotionally with the homeowner and help them understand the features and benefits that oftentimes in our industry, we don't describe very well. We talk um, industry speak and for the homeowner, we wanna make sure that it's understandable or relatable and they understand what it means in terms of comfort. And then most recently, digital marketing. So. Um, that includes our .com domains as well as our social media platforms and then how we communicate with our customers via email. So a nice broad arrangement of experience just within the five years at Linux. I want to talk a little bit more about Air as Life. I know this is kind of detouring a little bit, but there's obviously been a massive uptick in the market for wellness products and mindfulness products and uh, different sleep trackers and exercise trackers. And it's never been more just, uh, I guess there's a lot of consumer consciousness around wellness and health in the body. Why is it, or is it hard to get air the center of the conversation? I think one, one of the things I've learned and just from my own experience is I don't think about air until it's really uncomfortable mm -hmm. or I have to until something breaks or broken or somebody tells me that I need to replace it. Um, how many times do we breathe in a minute? I don't know. I would probably need to Google that, but right. right but it's not necessarily top of mind. And so you bring up such a great point, Paul is, we spend all this incredible money on green drinks and exercising and all these wellness things, yet we don't think about the one thing that impacts our quality of life and how we sleep and how effective our workout is, right? Um, yeah. Or how good that sourdough uh, <laughs> bread is baking, Ooh, right? All, right? Um, but I think with the current environment, right, and that we're in, unfortunately, with something like COVID, air tends to be top of mind. You know, it's been a hot topic about how our, our effective systems can really filtrate air and, and make it healthier in the homes that, that we live in, um, as well as we're home more so than we ever have been. And people are maybe not tolerating those hot spots or cold spots, right? So tends to be a little bit more present or front of mind now that air is life and why not make it perfect? Yeah. I feel like there's a tipping point coming in the industry where we'll hit a point where our, you know, shared customers and clients, contractors are absolutely heroes delivering the most cutting edge stuff that they've been doing all along, but no one seems to really, really be conscious of it. So anyways, I know that derails uh where we the direction we were going in but um chris you want to you want to jump in hey i can say with this air has been life to me for at least 12 almost 13 years <laughs> so one of the cool things about uh or i should say one of the positive things that came from uh quarantine life is uh there were those contractors that used a 
um, a, a the approach of I don't want to use the word fear, but it's kind of like, hey, the air, you know, like the air, the air purification matters now, indoor air quality, and pushed it with the wrong intention. I think it's the point of where it comes from that matters because I'm a fan. I have it in my house. Um, and all it did, though, was make me think about it more, right? And so um, it was I made the decision based on being educated, not being sold on fear. I was just like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. I live in the desert, you know? And so it just I never really thought about it. So it exposed how good of an actual of a product it, it is for the homeowners and your families and um that I thought was a great thing to come from, you know, from COVID. And interestingly enough, I have, I've noticed I had a conversation with a, a customer of ours yesterday who reached out to me and said that their average ticket price has gone up because this is like a common offering now and, and offering this type of stuff. So air is life. By the way, you can't live without it. Why not make it as pure as possible, right? SmartAC.com. SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with SmartAC.com. You've got to check it out now. That's right. I mean, a great, great add-on product. Oftentimes, it's um, filtration isn't necessarily a topic that that is discussed. And I think it's a perfect time to educate the homeowner. Remember, they don't want to be sold on anything, absolutely, right? Absolutely. They, they want to be educated, let them make the decision. But start start with the full package of what perfect can feel like. Yeah. And then let them choose and say, oh, you don't you don't want clean, comfortable air? Oh, okay. <laughs> I think again, and this is gonna be a great segue. I think again, it always comes from uh, what's your what's your purpose? Why are you putting out there? Do you genuinely, like you said in the beginning, Stephanie, do, are you being authentic? Do you genuinely believe in that product that you're offering to them? Do you genuinely believe it's better for them if they have this product? If you do that, you ain't got to fake it. You know that it's going to come natural to you, and then you're no longer selling it. You're educating them on why they need this because you believe that's what's best for them. The purpose is is good. So speaking of purpose, let's go ahead and dive into that. So I read. Um, so when we exchanged some notes ahead of time, I read about your five, your five purposes. And because um, we talk about a, uh, like a purpose-driven culture uh, or purpose-driven companies, I want to dive into that. So um, what does finding a, a purpose mean for any business or organization to you? Well, you know, in, in the marketing world, there historically has been the four Ps. I think now there's a fifth P. Right. The fifth P is a blend of purpose with people. I love people centric organizations. And if you really care about the needs of whoever it is, whether it's your employees, your community, or the homeowner that you're selling to, there should be purpose within that. And so I think having an organization be purpose driven is critical today. And, and, I hope what we can do today is kind of unravel that because I think there's tons of statistics that show us today that um, purpose is basically what can drive profit. Um, but it 
it has to be authentic. You said the word authentic, Chris, right? It has to be authentic within the business model. And I think what's critical is purpose isn't, people often say, well, what does that mean? What does purpose mean in a business world? It's not a, a, a mission, like a corporate mission. It's really the essence. Like what is your business kind of um, embody? Yeah. Like what and, are you about? Yeah, what it's about, which, you know, Simon Sinek says, what's your why? What's your right? why, yep. But purpose is what you then would drive your business decisions, your marketing decisions, your services, or your operations from. Um, and it can be in all sorts of things where you maybe lean in. It could be, how are you going to be more economically, environmentally, or societally um, driven? And I think there's a lot of opportunities for businesses to think about what are they going to latch on to. So what are the steps like in defining a purpose? Let's say you're an organization who's been around for 20 or 30 years and your purpose has been kind of unintentional, right? You're just kind of, you've been doing your, you've been kind of operating and you do good things here and there, but no real North star. How do you define that North star? Have you been a part of um, discussions where you had to define that North star? What does that look like? Or change it. Oh. Yeah. Or change or adjust. Right. Um, I think critically, you know, there's, there's a couple of key steps that you want to do first. You, you need heads nodding in, in the room. Um, so as, as business leaders, we definitely want to understand what's the impact to purpose, right? So why does purpose even matter? And why would we want to bring it into our business? I'll tell you that the consumer today is voting that they want to get behind businesses that are giving back. They're, they're four times more likely to purchase from you if they know that you are a purpose-driven organization, or they're more likely to recommend your product or your service. They're more like, and we, I know you guys know this, but how, how, how is advocacy important in our business? And I mean, sure. advocacy and reputation is everything, right? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so consumers are voting today that um, that they want to deal with businesses that are purpose-driven. So that's really important. Businesses so that I have think, a heart. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so consumers are embracing uh, businesses that, that are putting that forth and then supporting that them in their community. So I think once you have heads nodding in your organization saying, okay, we believe this is important, then you, I think first, check, check your heritage. We have so many people in, in our, the trades industry where it's generation after generation after generation. And so there's purpose in the foundation of why that organization was started in the first place. Um, I think the second thing is listen to your employees and ask them what's important, important, um, what, what, how do you want to give back or how do you want to show up every day in, in the work that you do? Um, and I think your employees will help kind of shape maybe what that looks like, whether it's health, environmental, or picking a societal impact. I think the other thing is um, find your employee advocates, the ones that are going to get behind the energy with putting a purpose-driven organization together, because those are going to be your believers. And then you just have to start. You got to start somewhere. So pick, pick the one purpose-driven program that you want to get behind and then go for it. And go. 
Yeah, I like that. I think that I, I, you know this. We do a uh, something that we do. I'll just share with the listeners at Rhino is, and this has actually been something we've missed since uh, really March because of the COVID issue, you know, forcing us out of the office and things of that nature. Um, is we have a Rhino service day that we do every single month. We have since we started the company, where one day a month we shut the company down and every employee goes and serves somewhere. We finally got to do it again a few weeks ago, and we went to St. Mary's Food Bank and got to pack boxes again for some of the elderly homes here in Arizona. Now, our out-of-state employees go do their own thing too, but it's like such a cool thing. What I love about it is it allows you to bond with your employees on a much deeper, deeper scale because you're not doing something for your customers. You're not doing something for each other. You're doing something together for someone else for humanity. And uh, we've done enough things where we used to go down into, where we would go down into Mexico and do home builds, which we didn't get to do this year either. You could see some of our toughest guys cry, you know, because they're connected and listen, I don't care if you, I cry, I'm a crier. Okay. I don't care. Uh, It doesn't make me any less tough. Uh, I'm just a very empathetic guy. Okay. But I love being able to give back. It makes me feel good. Part of our purpose here at Rhino is we're a servanthood mentality. We want to be able to give back it's got to be bigger than just making money. It's got to be bigger than just, you know, growing the company and do it. It's got to be bigger than that, right? So you're like the, the Simon Sinek, you know, what's your why is something I learned a long time ago. It actually really defined part of my process in the beginning was it was, I had to re-engineer my brain to think backwards on how I was doing it. I needed to start with why and then work my way down. But I found a purpose. And once I found it, I had to make sure that I communicated that to the staff as we grew and make and also make sure, like you had said, was to listen to your staff and your employees to find out, are they on board? And if they're on board, then the third thing you said, and most importantly, is go and do it. Get started. Go now and get it done and start doing things. And you did that very successfully with, with uh, Field of Love, and I think it's awesome because it's really grown. And I've been able to see it so many. And a lot of our customers, our Linux contractors, are participating in it. It's like so cool to see it. So we get to see it so, so frequently. So again, this whole purpose thing, you know, has to be more than just making a profit. You know, that's not, that's not the necessarily the P you were talking about. <laughs> no purpose beyond profit, right? We're, we're all here to make money. And, and of course I get, I get that. But I think that what's critical is that um, po- positive impact to your communities uh, and, and will will also increase your profit and there are statistics and statistics around why that is and you just mentioned employee engagement i mean how important is employee engagement right we know that we have um, some retention challenges as well as recruiting challenges right and so this is one more lever to pull to get the best talent so that you can be the employer of choice yeah because we have We, this is, we're not in a sexy industry. I don't think that's news to anybody else, but it's becoming sexier. You know why? Because we are essential business. Uh, and while y'all, some, why some of y'all wasn't working, we's all in. So, uh, we become sexy pretty damn quick, but, uh, <laughs> is that not right? Is that not right, Paul? Speak, speak for yourself, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Speak for yourself, Chris. Um, no, I want, I'm kind of fascinated by the concept of companies that are purpose first who like authentically create demand in the market for their products 
by way of the virtues associated with their purpose. A good example would be, um, you know, Tom's shoes. I can't remember exactly what it is, but we know that they, I think, donate, well, they donate. for every pair That's purchased. Right. So if I'm ever in the market for a pair of shoes like that, there would be no shopping around, right? There's this automatic feel good that like, I'm doing something for somebody else. How do you, how does a brand, whether it's a, a local contractor or a major manufacturer, distributor, how can they, or can they create demand for their products through purpose? Yeah, I would say that there's a couple of thought starters for people maybe to consider. I think you can put it into three core buckets. The first one is, um, let's just say your, your team came back to you and said, you know what, I want to be really philanthropic and let's just raise money and give money away to an organization that needs it. So you see leaders out there like Microsoft who donates, you know, bazillions of dollars a year to foundations. But you can clearly do this at a small local level with a car wash yep. that maybe raises funds for a local school based on some current needs that they may have, right? So I think the first thing you could you potentially could do is what is one activity that you could do to raise money that you will then donate to a, an organization in your community that is in need? Yeah, okay? and, the, and the dollar amount is not the point. It's, not it's the doing that's the point. Yeah, I can tell you from the work I've done on Seeds of Af Africa is 30% of nonprofits will go out of business this year. Nonprofits need private organizations help to stay afloat. And $10 will go a long way, right? For, for small nonprofit organizations. Yep. It's, it's amazing what yep. you can do um, the work that that I do at Seeds of Africa, I mean, it's amazing what ten dollars will do. It'll 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 feed a child for many many days. So, well, think about this though. But I would arguably say you need it too because what has it done for you? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it's hard. It puts things in perspective. Uh, you think things are bad, and maybe they are, but are they as bad? Mm, I mean just it's perspective. You know, it gives you a different perspective into things. Paul, we, we do our rhino service days. If you think about it, like if somebody's listening to this thinking, well, holy crap, I wouldn't, you know, have my whole staff go and do this. They're not producing anything. There's no, obviously there's no revenue coming from that. And the answer is, yeah, you're right. It could, if you looked at it short-sighted, it's an expensive day. We're covering every salary to go and do something that is generating zero revenue for us or moving any business forward for us that day. If you look at it short-sighted, if you look at it long-term, I'm building my people. My people are bonded and they're working together and they care about each other. The more they care about each other, the better they do for our customers, the better they do for our customers. It's a beautiful little cycle because our customers continue to grow more and more and more. And guess what? Our manufacturer partners love that because we're helping our customers grow. It's a beautiful little cycle. But what we did was make them better human beings or at least give them the opportunity to be better human beings or to even see things that you might not even know existed because you shelter yourself from those things, which is a common thing to do. Like if you just don't look at it, it never happens. Right. Yeah. I know Chris, when we do service days, it's also a good recalibration for our employees because we all have really hard jobs. And when we're going out on a service day, we're realizing that we don't have it that bad, generally yeah. speaking. And people never forget serving others. Maybe it's selfish, but you just never forget when you did something for someone else for nothing. Right. Um, I want to put on your marketing hat for a moment. 
So we know that our shared clients, shared customers, dealers, um, you know, home service companies all throughout the country do a lot of good in their community and oftentimes without any um, recognition, right? We know that. It's important though, as you state your purpose to, you know, authentically share what you're doing in your community, right? Because that then, that business then feeds the ability to do more good. How do you start from a marketing perspective? So uh, let me ask this a different way. We've got people listening saying, I do nice things in the community and I don't really want the attention and I just do it because it's right, which is good. But how do you come in from a marketing perspective? What's the right way to do it, to go to market as a purpose-driven company? Well, you bring up such a great point, Paul, because you've got to talk about it. Talking about your efforts and what your your organization business is doing to make a difference um, isn't necessarily automatically understood, one, by your employees, or two, by the community, or your future consumer or homeowner. I do think, though, that there's got to be an authentic way that you outwardly talk about your good initiatives. Um, I, I think one, it's why if you think about your business plan, it's got to be within your business plan. Putting purpose needs to be part of your business plan. As Chris stated earlier, this started back when you know, you guys were just starting the business. It was a core component of who you are. And so it can't necessarily just be a, a tack on project. It's got to be who you are. And if it's who you are, then it's an authentic story to tell. Or the DNA. And I, right. I think a lot of, a lot of people that that'll come through in the storytelling. Um, so if it's aligned to your core values, part of your purpose, then you should feel very proud to talk about how you are helping the communities where you work and live. Um, so ways that maybe you could do that, it should be represented on your, your website. It should be about in your about who we are. You should talk about your purpose and, and what it is that you're, that you're bringing value to. Um, talk about how your team, let, let the community get to know your team and how they get involved, your employees. I think that's really important. You can then share it across social media. So there's, you know, for us, we love it when our customers have Feel the Love Friday and they take a moment to give back to their community or do something for others on Fridays. So definitely put it on social media. People want to see stories, right? They want to see stories. And so they'll attach themselves to that because it will then become part of your brand. Right. We talk about how we want our our customers to build their own brand within the market that homeowners then can attach themselves to beyond just a singular purchase so they can become a customer for life. Well, if they know that you're giving back to the community, I guarantee that they will remember your business over someone else's. Another great way that you can talk about it is to bring it to the kitchen table. So you can yeah. add it into your sales materials, you can mention it in your materials, but you can also um, have some authentic conversations with the homeowner about whatever organization it is that you're participating with or giving back to. Do you know anyone that would benefit by this? Did you know that we participate in this? So that there's a, so many different avenues that you can bring this purpose-driven activity um, 
from a marketing perspective and into the whole sales process. I'm going to bring this up for a second. Um, one of the, one of the contractors I believe does the best job at this is someone we all know. Uh, and it's one of Paul's idols is Bobby Jenkins down in Austin with ABC commercial and home. He does a phenomenal job. First off, we flew down and met with him. Actually, he had us come down and meet with him and hang out with him, and we get to know him a little bit better. You and know Bobby, Stephanie? Bobby Jenkins? Oh, my yeah. gosh. So, like, I don't even know. He literally, I think, they, I don't remember how many. You know, I know they're up in the thousands of employees, but he does every single home service that you can offer. He does them all, um, him and his brothers. But he does a phenomenal job, one, because he genuinely cares, number one, so he's authentic. But during this whole COVID thing, he decided what he would do to help his community is he would go every day to different locations to get meals, like to, whether he was going to have lunch or dinner or whatever. He would take a picture, post it to try and help get people go to the different company, the businesses where he went to to help support them. So not only did he, but he didn't do it for him. He did it for his community. But adver, you know, inadvertently what happens from that is people continue to see that my goodness, ABC is a great company. They've got good ethics. They've got good morals. I can get behind that. I'm going to use them. Um, but it came from a genuine place. I think that Bobby Jenkins did a phenomenal job at those things. And uh, and he's one of those guys, too, that uh, if you go to his, if you go look at his Facebook page, they do a phenomenal job of putting it out there. Where they're not, It's not a sales pitch. It's just through being genuine, saying these are all the companies that we support along the way in our community. I thought it was perfect. Yep, I admire Bobby, and that's well-known, and you bring it up all the time. I'm a big, big Bobby Jenkins fan. Um, talk to me about uh, companies that are good examples. I think you mentioned REI, right? Tell me about their campaign and what they did that was so counter, I guess, intuitive to what others were doing. Well, I'm sure you have a lot of sports people on the on the line, and I, I don't know, Paul, are you an REI shopper? I am. I, am. I was actually there this weekend, and my son... Only, this is so weird. Um, I have four kids. One's a boy and he, well, two boys, but one of my boys <laughs> has like six REI t-shirts and it's all he wears. Just really random, random fact, but big REI fan. Big REI fan. Well, similar to this, what you, the story you told Chris is they, REI um, really has a lens of environmental. So that's their kind of, um, uh, kind of lens of where they're going to focus giving back is on the environmental side. And so they also have a really big focus on employees first. So they kind of put those two things together and, and started what's called an opt outside campaign. So here's this nationally known brand who has a huge retail footprint. And those two things would be looking forward to Thanksgiving and Christmas, which is primarily where they probably do 60% of their revenue. Retail used to do 60% of the revenue in the fourth quarter. Can you imagine like nail biting, waiting for your year end results? But for them, what they wanted to do is they wanted their employees to spend time with their families on Black Friday. I'm sure you've seen the crazy that happens on Black Friday, oh, yeah. which is where most of the doors now open at like 6 a.m. and there's lines outside the retail to try to get in for that new cabbage patch doll. Or get kicked even... open at like 12.01 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> Trampled Do they on. even have cabbage patch dolls? Anymore? I don't know. I think they're they called do. American Girl dolls. They do. And pound puppies are back. Yes. <gasps> what? 
Oh yeah, yes. we have like nine of them. I'll send a picture. Okay, so they decided on Black does. Friday that they would close their doors on Black Friday so so that their staff could instead be outdoors with their family. That's cool. That's a quite a statement. I mean, but you have to be willing to that first cut. You have to be willing to take the first cut, which is that first Black Friday <laughs> when you have to sit on the sidelines and say, I could have made $4 million today and it's okay that I didn't. And that's the guts. Those are the guts that are required to have a purpose that sticks and creates demand in the market. Am I right? And that's it's right. tough. It's tough. It's tough, but uh, you're, you guys led to it earlier that your employees will thank you um, later, right? So 74% of employees say their job is more fulfilling when they're given an opportunity to give back, right? So you want to surround yourself as an employee and an employer with any way that you're making um, the quality of life better for, for the, those within your organization or those in your in your community. I can, I can say for the listeners that don't know or listening maybe for the first time or any of our Linux folks listening, hello, um, that as the CEO of a digital marketing company, we've got 100 plus employees. And I know for a fact that one of the key things whenever we do our ongoing reviews on what's one of the favorite things you love about working here you can bank on like 99% of everybody saying we love the service days. Like that's how important it is to our staff that they, we continue to do that. So during COVID when we weren't able to do those things, I actually, we saw a little minor shift in culture because you couldn't quite make that same connection on those service days. But that's how important it is for my staff is that's one of the things they love doing the most along with when new hires come in, they like to go to, lunch together to get to know each other outside of here. But it all comes back to this bonding thing, right? Like on being one, uh, you know, synced up unit that genuinely cares and is, is, you know, is doing good for the, for the trades. Yeah. And you know what, Chris, that number uh, in that one is even higher with millennials. So you think about this future workforce that's coming in and where we all should be recruiting from for the next generation. Yep. Uh, they want nothing more than to be a part of organizations that already have purpose built into their business plan. That'll be an interview question that they will ask future employers. Yeah, I would completely agree. It's, it's, uh, and we have, we have a few around here. See <laughs> so millennials? I get it. I get it. Yep. But go ahead, Paul. I hear you. You've, You've mentioned Feel the Love a few times. I know we're very familiar with that program, um, but describe that program, where it started, what it was, what it is now, and what just happened last weekend. Ooh. Yeah, thanks. Nice tea up, buddy. Yeah, nice weekend for sure. We're Heck coming yeah. off of a, a, a weekend of purpose, that's for sure. Yep. Um, so Linux, you know, we believe everybody should be comfortable in their, their own home. And to back in 2009, uh, we had a district manager, Dave Chapman, had this brilliant idea with one dealer that they wanted to install uh, free equipment into a home for someone in the neighborhood that was in need. And from there, the program just grew specifically in their district, in their state, in, in Wisconsin. Um, and I had the pleasure to go visit Dave and be a participant in what at the time was called Heat Up. That's right. Heat Upper Peninsula. And 
I was in awe, you know, I, as a leader, I've learned, I don't have to be the smartest person in the room, but I could see a great idea and take it somewhere. And I just said to Dave, I think we should take this national. And he was so kind to pass off this baby that he had nurtured for so many years. So three years ago, I had the opportunity to rebrand. I pitched to the organization that if we believe everyone should be comfortable in their home, then how about those that aren't as fortunate as others and can't afford necessarily at this time for a replacement? So the organization was very supportive of building this purpose into our business plan. And so we rebranded and relaunched a, a, feel, a feel good program. Uh, it's a cause marketing program called Feel the Love. So there's three key ingredients with Feel the Love. Paul, do you know what they are? Oh, not offhand. No, sorry. Okay. I should. I'm sorry. Gosh. First I'm one is Linux gives, <laughs> Linux gives the um, equipment. So we yeah. donate the equipment. The dealer, though, the critical thing is this is where the dealer donates their time, their time right. all the parts, pieces, and permits. But what's awesome is really the, the technicians and the installers, they are donating their time. So they're not on the books. And this is where they feel like they can be a part of that mission. Then the third thing is, and what's critical is the community is the one that really nominates the deserving community member. And so there's some things that we look for. We look for veterans, teachers, nurses, those that are constantly giving back to others and maybe never spending time on themselves. Um, and they're not necessarily needy. They just need a helping hand. They need a little comfort brought into their life. And we're happy along with our Linux dealers to provide that, um, that installation to them for free. So you said earlier, we just had Fill the Love Weekend. It happens once a year. Um, it's over Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's always the second weekend in October. And the second weekend of October, we change lives in 210 homes. So cool. 210 homes. So 200 dealers um, installed systems into those that were just needing a, a, a helping hand, needed a little comfort, some safety. Um, but what I love that we did this year with the program is we kind of shifted gears and really focused on first responders. Talk about That's um, awesome. some individuals in our communities that are definitely needing a little love or For those sure. that have been on the front lines. So we were happy to, to give back to, to those that have been given to us all year long. Shout out to our first responders. It is. And I'm going to be a little vulnerable for a moment. May I? Please. Mm -hmm. So this is always a special day for me. And I've, I've often said before, like my dream job is giving away furnaces and air conditioners. Like if I could find a way to just do that. And now that I think about it, I think that we can, but this is special to me. I grew up um, and my father passed away. My mother raised me. And there was a winter where a hefty repair bill kept her from getting her furnace fixed. And so we heated our home with our oven and thinking back during that period of time, if someone by the just grace of God or chance or luck or whatever Chris says would have given my mother a furnace. Like I'm talking a, you know, $1,800, whatever, right. It would have been absolutely life-changing, a life event. And fortunately she has a Linux system now, as you would expect <laughs> nothing less. When I finally made it, I installed a, what was it? I don't know. 
a furnace in an air conditioner. <laughs> but uh, it's been a couple of years. But anyways, I want to thank you for taking what um, was a great idea and scaling it because those are 210 lives that truly were changed. Like wh- where is someone who doesn't have $8,000 going to get $8,000 tomorrow or next year or next year, right? They're, they're not. Another yeah. Google question would be, how much money is in the average person's savings account? Right. Yeah. But that's yeah. significantly like bigger. You could have kept someone from moving, from changing school districts, from ending up in a, a less desirable living situation. I mean, there's just so many different butterfly effect things. Um, so Chris, we got to figure it out, man. We got to, we got to figure out how to just give away a bunch of air conditioners. Well, see, we did, we did, who was, we did do that with somebody over there in Charlotte that you brought, we that did. needed some help, right? Yeah, actually, um, a couple miles, not even a mile from where I'm sitting. So integrity heating and Lennox partnered up again. It's one of those things where we didn't coordinate the marketing efforts. Um, and because that's why, that's not why we were doing it, but just a block from here, it's a, um, a woman who is on subsidized housing in an older part of town. And we heard about her story through the Davidson housing coalition, and, um, yeah, we installed her system and it was awesome. And, and big shout out to Herb Richardson and, and Lisa for, for helping us and, and Kent from integrity, one Does, of our clients. Doesn't that That's feel amazing. good? I love it. I love it. I will just, and that goes on all the time that goes, it goes on, on all, the, all time. the time. And, and you know what, we, um, have dealers and there are people that are listening today that are obviously doing great things. The world would not turn if, if they weren't doing great things. Absolutely. The, the, the piece here is that um, your employees, your community, and even those that are going to be purchasing products or services from you, they want to know about the great things that you're doing. And, you know, you can make it part of your business plan. You can make it part of the reason why you wake up every day. Yep. I, I do believe that and I'm, I'm doing, going to speak for the trade specifically because this is a home services focused podcast, but man, did everybody step up. Everyone stepped up this year on helping and giving and doing what they could. And listen, I preach this because we've all known it. We're an essential business and everyone really needed us because you were home more using your air conditioning, your furnaces more, your plumbing more, you're flushing those wipes down the, <laughs> your Lysol wipes down the toilet and, clogging or clogging those things but we'd never been needed more than we were this year but brought to light but everybody in the trade stepped up i was so proud to see that happening i will share this one quick story and i know we're like at an hour or somewhere around there kyle um which we could have went through so much more stuff so we had to part this thing out but one thing i'll share with you and and thank you for sharing that um about your about your mom in that situation paul i don't know that i i knew that but you've known me and know like i have the I have the bit, I'm a giver. I'm like the guy at Christmas that always just wants to give, give, give. I could care less about getting anything. I don't need anything given yeah. to me. And honestly, when I give, it's awkward for me for people to say something to me, which is really weird because I'm such an outgoing guy. It's because it's not coming from a place of wanting recognition. It's coming from a, I want to feel good about giving to people. Yeah. I'll tell you this. Like no one in the office probably knows that you bought a car for someone's kid, right? Well, they do now. <laughs> they do now. Yeah. <laughs> So it was a good kid. Um, I did that because it was the right thing to do and deserved it. Yeah. Um, not my kid, by the way. Um, my, none of my kids are old enough to, well, should say it. One's old enough to drive. She got a car. But I'll say this. Um, I think part of where this comes from for, for me and this company is, um, you know, before I started my own business, you know, I was a very successful sales guy in digital marketing for a, a company. And, uh, but I was selling to sell. I was selling to make money. I had it all wrong. 
And then when I lost that job and I had two homes, two homes, cause I thought I was a baller. Uh, I was at home and, uh, with no heat, I had to close the bedroom door in this 5,000 square foot house, turn on the heater and talk about a humbling moment in my life of being like, I went about it all wrong. Thankfully it happened to me early enough that I was able to kind of pivot and adjust and say, I'm really good at what I do, but I'm doing it the wrong way. I need to start. And this is where I learned about Simon Sinek starts with why. And I thought, this is it, man. I care about people. Like I, I sold to people because I thought it would be a great job. A lot of times the person I was selling for didn't produce, but I was going about it all wrong. As soon as I changed my purpose, my why on why I was doing business, then things changed for me. Not saying it's been easy. Like I hit bumps like everybody else, but I'll tell you what, I feel a hell of a lot better when I go home at night because I feel good about what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and who I'm doing it for. So, And you've never matters. forgotten the feeling of not being able to afford heat. Absolutely not. Never forgot yeah. it. I never forgot it. You know, when we tell our kids that you story, don't. they're like, what are you talking about? Uh, Kyle, did you even know that happened to me? So you didn't even know. Maybe I should share that story more often with all of our employees. So. I once was super poor. <laughs> I think we've had the who was poor contest before, right? Yeah. But I want to finish with this one last thing. Um, but again, thanks for sharing that, Paul. And thanks for being vulnerable to share that. And uh, um, I think that uh, is a part of why uh, your heart is so good today. So last question for you, Steph. If you could have a billboard, okay? One billboard. Let's say we that billboard is duplicated all across the United States of America. You have a billboard, this big, huge, gigantic billboard that everybody's going to see. What does the billboard say? I feel like, Chris, that's pretty obvious at this point, but in case you're just tuning in, <laughs> it would be find your purpose. Ding, ding, would ding, you ding, say ding, that? Ding, ding, ding. Find your purpose. So gigantic white billboard, all black letters, find your purpose purpose is not going away it needs to be part of your business plan your business strategy i guarantee you'll recruit retain employees and you'll close more you'll close more uh leads at the kitchen table dang right that's such a good idea i love that you said bring it to the kitchen table i didn't even think about that till you said it well done and i wonder how many companies are actually doing that if you are and you're listening to the podcast give me a shout out let me know what you're doing because i'm curious to hear it i love that so listen if you take anything away from this the northern star is purpose. Okay. Find your purpose. If you need help finding your purpose, do not be embarrassed to talk through it with somebody. That's actually not abnormal, right? Cause you might feel a little conflicted on what is my purpose or what does it really mean? You still didn't pick it up from this, but at least Stephanie's conversation got you thinking about a purpose. Talk through it with your peers. Don't be embarrassed to do those things. Reach out to, uh, I mean, like you've heard it, if you've listened to the podcast enough, everybody is willing to step up and help. There are no stupid questions unless it's Paul asking me questions. So I'm just kidding, Paul. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know. Hey, Steph, thank you so much for coming on here and hanging out with us today. Thank you. Thank you for the invite. I was, it was such an honor to be here with all the other amazing cohorts that you guys have had on here. Um, I'm grateful to be part of the tribe. And I have to say, I don't know how you get to be a part of the Rhino family, but <laughs> I hope after this, I would be maybe a distant cousin or something. Oh, you're in. Oh, you. This is it. You're in. You're already so, in. Not that I want to hijack the the end of the podcast, but I've always really wanted to be a podcast host, and I just thought oh, maybe whoa. Kyle would give me like sixty seconds, and we could play a fun game. And I thought maybe it'd be a fire drill, one answer response, 
that you two have to give. Are y'all ready? I'm in. Let's go. We're ready. Right. Yeah, go ahead, Chris. All right. So <laughs> favorite place you've ever traveled in the past? Ireland. South Africa. Uh, next place you want to travel when COVID goes away? Australia. Grand Canyon. What? Um, besides learning to dance, what would be the next thing you want to learn? Spanish. Oh, this is so hard. That's next not question. one word. Uh, what was your first job? Shoe salesman. Detasseling. <laughs> Does anybody know and what detasseling is? Hold on. I got to explain this real quick. Stephanie, you know what detasseling is? Oh, only the suckiest job ever to suck. It is when you have to walk down. When you, I grew up on a farm. You walk down aisles of corn, and what you do is you take the tassel on the top of the corn, and you got to pull it off so the stock can grow higher and grows more ears of corn. Detasseling, awful. Okay, um, one silver lining to this whole year will end and on more a pants. Like pants, pants. Like wear, I wear shorts all the time. More time with family. Sorry, I answered that completely wrong. <laughs> what? What? Silver lining is it exposed to I, to the younger, this is more than one word, but it exposed <laughs> to the younger generation how good of a job it can be if you get into the trades. Yeah. Awesome. Man, That I'm was game. really good. You're the first person to, to turn the tables on us. That was awesome. Look at you. Welcome to the Rhino family. But technically, you've already been part of the Rhino family. So, like, just so you know, our partnerships are part of the Rhino family. And for y'all don't know, we have a great partnership with Lennox. So, you're already part of the Rhino family. But now, so you're not even a distant cousin. Now you're like the first, like, you're like oh, a yeah. first cousin. Right in there. <laughs> hey, Kyle, well, was that thank y'all very much. Was, was that okay with yeah. you, Kyle, that she, that she did? You. Okay, Kyle. we appreciate that. Producer Kyle gives you a two thumbs up. Hey, listeners, thank you so much for all the reviews. I actually saw a couple more come through. Again, one of you uh, sent a message to me. I wish I could remember whose name it was right off the top of my head. I forget, but that's one I forwarded to you today, Paul. Um, we love seeing those things come through. Um, man, we've got some good guests coming up in addition to, say, uh, to Stephanie being on today. The, the upcoming, I mean, we're coming up on 50, so I feel like we've got to go big for the 50th episode. Um, and I've got some good conversations happening with some with some cool people too, but Listeners, we really appreciate you coming back over and over again and reaching out to us. And I love all the comments and I love hearing how it's changed your businesses and moved them forward. Um, those stories are the most rewarding, the most rewarding thing to for me to hear is that because it's actually the end result of the purpose. So until next time, we'll see you. Thank you for listening to To The Point. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please consider leaving us a review in the App Store. And don't forget to share with your friends. Till next time, kick some ass.